Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not economic, political, or societal, but a deep disconnect from our inner soul connection to higher consciousness. I am delighted today to welcome Andrew Michael Esquire, author of Arising Stories of Soul Pals, and as a modern-day Aesop, share his views of the earth now in peril through severe droughts, rains, floods, wildfires, ice storms, and many other environmental stresses, flaming human conflict and inflaming the health and well-being of the human and animal kingdom. Andrew, thank you for joining us on Healing from Within. Uh, Andrew, as listeners of Healing from Within are so well aware, my amazing guests and I share intimate and insightful stories and events that help us become aware of our soul essence and eternal life force that works in cooperation with our physical life and with the universal laws of energy which when practiced and observed in all interactions and events makes it possible to secure a more personal, productive, prosperous, and healthy life experience and also a better collective reality. It is in the knowing, not the doing, that we fulfill our soul's mission to create and manifest the best possible outcome no matter what the challenges are. And as you and I were discussing earlier before the show, they are many. And they're in mm-hmm. every area uh, uh, of work and family life and in every nation on the planet right now. So it behooves us to get to understand these problems, work together cooperatively, and start to make the corrections that need to be done. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Andrew Michael Esquire, author of Arising Soul Pals, shows us the earth is in peril. We know that severe droughts parch some areas while torrential rains flood others. Gargantuan wildfires consume whole territories and freakish ice storms recently, over the years recently, crash on city grids. These and other environmental stresses are a problem for humanity and the continuance of a civil life and living harmoniously because it's bringing about war and crime and disease and the well-being of the animal kingdom is also in jeopardy. We will explore these environmental and cultural challenges facing Earth and its inhabitants and try to find viable solutions which will help raise consciousness and encourage hope. Andrew, I always love to go back and ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have signaled to them or others around them what their adult lifestyle might be as I sense the life plan or destiny or soul brought into this world 
will unfold. There's no way to stop it. And the pieces of the puzzle of life will start to make sense along the way. So think back to your childhood. What do you remember? Yeah, for some reason a couple things came to mind. One one was was the uh, advertisement that came out around the early 70s with the a Native American person in a, in a canoe, and he was canoeing like in a dump, sort of. It looked like he was in a dump, and there was a tear coming down his cheek for the, you know, just being sad that the, so much of our world is polluted. That stuck with me a lot. Just was very. I, rem- I remember funny. that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it really, really hit me, and then. Um, and early, early on, I was, I forgot why, but I was asked to write a little, a short little paper, or maybe it might have been a little poem. And I just had this strong, I've always had this strong, visceral feeling that, um, you know, that we, we being us as humans, have to do a better job of living with other beings on Earth and Earth itself. And, and that, you know, I just have this strong feeling. I've always felt like, for instance, gasoline. I've just always had this very, um, I don't know what the right word is, anger toward it, or knowing that it's wrecking wrecking us and not good for our health, and and yet we still you know use it so much. So but, you, so, so you, are, you were born to be aware of things that were harming Mother Earth, nature, and people, yeah. and and yeah. so you're a healer. In the clear sense of the word, people who feel that passionately about bringing the world together rather than having mm-hmm. separation and division are healers yeah. in every area of life, whether it's in yeah, law, whether true. it's in education, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in um, the arts and music. There are so many of us who feel this way. Uh, we feel a sense of integrity and honesty to the truth because we know life uh, is being um, we're being shifted by politics and many misguided uh, approaches to earn money and live in the mm-hmm. materialistic world and we're forgetting who we really are as spiritual beings having this physical life in order to discover the mysteries of the universe and to become more loving and compassionate. So that's what so many people are discovering through all the challenges we're seeing now. Now, what inspired you? You just said something as you, when you were young, to become an environmentalist and to write a book supporting ways uh, to handle these problems. Tell us something about the book and what, why you wanted to write this book. Yeah, a um, couple things. One is I... Um for a number of years, for at least 15 years, I was very active and involved in, in making public policy and, and actually helping to write laws. <clears throat> it had to do with, and I focused on things that had to do with uh, economic development, environmental protection, and um, and I was fortunate enough to be in a, in a position where I was helpful in creating a, a it was called the Bay Area Alliance for Sustainable Communities, where we were really trying in, in the Bay Area to develop a, a very impactful alliance of people from all different sectors, all different walks of life, from private business to nonprofits and government, 
all working together to create a more sustainable path for all of us. And, uh, and that was informed by other work I'd done at the, with the United Nations on what was called the Earth Summit that early, a long time ago. Actually, it was before the term even was coined sustainable development. Um, and, and so just, just being involved in those, what, what I found was very passionate about doing things that will, uh, address pollution in pollution and also help, help, uh, animals and plants live without, uh, you know, all the degradation and the, the pollution that was happening. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I felt very strongly about it. And then as we were, as we were, uh, describing it to people and trying to get more people to be part of this, I found that um, the language seemed to not be inspiring or drawing a, a lot of people to the cause, even though we wanted that to be the case. And it really frustrated me, and I, and I just started feeling like there's something there's something about how we're presenting this, how we or all of us that are working on this issue have to do better at because we're not breaking through, and that. I felt like there was a lot of uh, preaching, preaching going on in discussing these issues of, of pollution and environmental sustainability, and and I got the feeling that a lot of people, even if they might agree with it, were turned off by the way it was presented, like making people to be wrong and and you know well, condemning people that kind of stuff. You so, know, you give a lot of facts, you give a lot of mm-hmm. percentages and numbers. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. You talk uh, yeah. by giving facts and numbers. We're not just using words. We're using what's happening. Now, you also discussed by knowing that there are many sentient beings in the animal and plant queendom, and they must be mm-hmm. appreciated. You wrote this for teaching those living in nature. So the practice of acknowledging creation is derived mm-hmm. from the spiritual practice of being grateful, appreciative, and understanding we are all connected at some level, and life is a gift. And you mentioned shamans, Mayans, indigenous mm-hmm. people, Catholic and Franciscans, Jewish Kabbalists, mm-hmm. mystics, Hindus, and Thai. This all has been around forever. Mm-hmm. It's been there, the talk of our unity and our oneness and all we seem to see is separation and division at mm-hmm. every level of government education and religion mm-hmm. and this is where we need to go we need to go to just showing people to get come together and your book showing the animals how they come together in order to survive when there's an mm-hmm. oil spill and other problems mm-hmm. and a mother disappears and is not able to be there for her a pelican, I think it's the pelican. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. that's what you're trying to show, the oneness of being and how we have to do it. Now, in your experience, you have, have a mm-hmm. lot of experience. What do you see as some of the most pressing threats to our environment right now? Yeah, I, I think uh, <clears throat> the pressing, the most, uh, I guess, obvious threats are the ones that we can see and feel, and those the threats are are extreme uh, extreme weather, which creates all kinds of natural disasters, everything from the forest fires that we mentioned to the 
just huge floods and hurricanes, all of it basically causing a, a lot of misery for people as well as other living beings. And, um, and it's partly has a lot to do with climate change and global warming that it's propelling these natural disasters. And, um, as well as with the way that we are, uh, taking out or extracting all these things that we use like oil, how that's also affecting the earth negatively. We're literally sucking the earth dry, taking out things that, you know, that maybe shouldn't be taken out really. And, um, so well, the issue, that's the, yeah. I kind of feel that yes, we have to uh, move forward to more reusable energy. Mm-hmm. But we can't just stop everything and leave ourselves no. with nothing because the power grids mm-hmm. and wind uh, will not sustain. We now have about 7 billion people on the planet. And mm-hmm. by 2050, you write, there will be almost 9 billion people. So we have to mm-hmm. do everything in a way that is planned for and mm-hmm. reasonable and we just can't cut everything off, which some people want to do. Yeah. You know, throw in trillions and billions and more trillions, and and just mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's not the money that's going to do it. It's preparation right. because if you take down one industry, you have to be able to put those people into positions where they can mm-hmm. live. We certainly have enough mm-hmm. homeless on the street. Right? We certainly, Mm -hmm. right now in the United States, have enough crime throughout every city. We have to work on those problems as well as uh, Mm -hmm. the environmental problems because they're hurting the environment even more. Right? So we Mm -hmm. have drug problems. We have mental illness problems. We have crime problems. But I was thinking in some of the pressing uh, threats to the environment are water. In the next mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, that's going to become very serious. Deforestation, mm-hmm. food production. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. mentioned all this in the book. And energy, mm-hmm. of course, we're trying to talk about that right now. And mm-hmm. um, um, transportation, right? Waste mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. And overpopulation. Yeah. So tell us anything you want about some of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you're right on point. One of the stories, um, a lot, all these stories are, are fictional in a way, but they're all based on facts about people, cultures, spiritual practices, um, nature, animals. They're all based on facts about those things. Um, and so, for instance, in, in the situation with, with, uh, with water, uh, as you're mentioning, uh, really, uh, being a scarce resource in many places, um, I have I I was looking at the issue of water in Africa. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a lake called Lake Chad. If you look at the map of Africa, it literally, literally looks like it's the heart of Africa. This lake is almost right in the center of Africa. And um, in the last since 1960, so in the last 60 years, that whole lake has has like uh, evaporated down to a mere puddle of what it used to be. It's like uh, it's now down to 5% water coverage of what it used to be fully covered, um, the lake bed. And so you look at that, and, and I was looking at that and just uh, kind of interested, and then I saw a satellite picture 
of over several uh, several decades of how the water had changed and gone down. And what I noticed was, uh, even though the water had gone down in the lake bed, the greenery around the lake had actually increased. And I thought, oh, that's kind of weird because uh, that is weird. Think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You think, okay, well, um, animals that migrate to go to to the water, like elephants and, and others would actually not go to that lake since the water is drying up. But that's that was the interesting thing to me. It's kind of turned my mind on was, but there's more greenery because there's still water in the... Underneath, um, yeah. Yeah, underneath. And then when, when you have rainy seasons, then that together combines actually creates more greenery than there was when there was a lake there, um, which is fascinating because then... Then, yeah. then I was able to understand that, okay, that's why elephants, for instance, are still migrating, you know, hundreds of miles every year and coming back to that lake as one of their homes because there is still great, uh, pastures to be able to, um, to, you know, to be able to eat in and, uh, and continue life. So, um, that, that was kind of an interesting thing that I saw because of the environment that it was still allowing for that. And then, <clears throat> the the other issues that come come to bear on this this story is that um, the p- people are needing to get resources because there's there's a lot of lack or there's not a lot of economic d- development in those areas. So there's a lot of people that are um, some people are actually migrating because there's no, no they yes. cannot find that's, any way of working. That's another major major problem. As a result of yeah. climate change, and the crime, yeah. and the yes, migration, and people who yeah. are suffering and can't survive in these places, well, what ought they to do but to move to to go to places yeah. that have the resources? So I'm going to say, I think a big way out of a lot of these problems is for every nation, every nation, to make a list of all their assets, minerals mm-hmm. and, I don't know, forests and food and mm-hmm. water, and to take what they need from some nations and give to the other nations what they need. And, you know, we could probably end poverty yeah, just with world cooperation and mm-hmm. with people really doing the job that they're supposed to be doing, not taking money for themselves, not having corruption, and people Mm -hmm. who are leaders, real leaders, who who understand these problems, the best minds in the country and world, to come together and work on a plan like this. I think Mm -hmm. it can be done. And I think we're past the time of all this competition between nations. Now, we're watching right now with Russia, right, and mm-hmm. their pipeline into Germany and Europe. And mm-hmm. we, we stopped our pipeline here, and we yeah. were energy efficient, but now we're not. And, and we have to get energy from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? You know, it's a very interesting question. In fact, um, just one thing I want to say that in addition to the obvious um, or what we can see and feel, like the water issues and 
food problems, growing food, um, buying, buying all this, there's also a major ingredient, which is probably obvious, but it's literally our consciousness and how we have, how we grow our consciousness. And it's that, that lack of consciousness, I think, in some of us around, like, like we were talking about being grateful for what we do have. Yes. Being grateful for everything, all the, all the living beings and things that we have. Um, and, but the consciousness has moved for many people so that they take for granted a lot of those things. And it's more about, you know, what can I get for myself now so I can feel happier or, you know, gratification right away instead of wait. And so it's, it's that um, consciousness that, that allows for that that is a big part of the problem. And the book, book talks about, um, has, as a part of the story, is a way to understand things so that you can, uh, you can impact your consciousness so it can, it can be observant of these things and you can grow better by, by really seeing the connection between well, you and yeah. everybody else. It's very yeah. important. And I think it's happening worldwide. Mm-hmm. I think people are becoming aware that it's, mm-hmm. not an, it's not enough just to live in the physical world and, uh, and have physical pleasures. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's something within us, deep within us, calls for us uh, to unite and to be in the oneness of uh, mm-hmm. our higher self or our better self. You know, instead of yeah. all, or what people tell us sometimes is not true for many of us, but we get caught up like in a flood and pulled along with the rhetoric and the narrative mm-hmm. and the media, and 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 it's got to stop. And COVID, I believe, COVID may have been something that had to happen to bring many of us to a, an awareness of uh, the value of working together and Mm -hmm. uh, to realize the preciousness of life and and to to learn to individually know what's right for us. We can't be told by federal governments what we have to do. We have medical people to do that. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, things have gotten a little out of hand over the last couple of years, but people are starting to work cooperatively now. And good mm-hmm. is going to come out of that illness. And, uh, mm-hmm. as, as good comes, always comes out of everything that's, that's negative eventually. So yeah. we need to work. You know, I, when globalism first started, how long ago was that? 10 years ago? 20 years ago? Uh, I think, yeah, when Bush talked about the new world order yes okay i thought at the time well that might be an interesting idea because i just posed an idea to you about nations evaluating what they have Mm -hmm. and what they could give and what they needed to receive and to end poverty but not in the political arena Globalism mm-hmm. seems to be more a political exercise than it is a realistic exercise for the well-being uh, to solve all these problems of food mm-hmm. and transportation and energy. Mm-hmm. And so, so I still think it's a good idea for nations to work together 
and be more cooperative, mm-hmm. and I think that is the way we're going to have to go. Now, why did you choose uh, animal characters, and why did you call them soul pals? Yeah, um, the the reason is um, the, I call them soul pals because literally these pals, which are the main characters in these different stories, most of them are animals, but there's some that are just people. There's some that are even not not living things; but they're just things. Um, but they, they're pals because they they can help you, help me, elevate our understanding, our consciousness, and act and act accordingly. So. Um, they can, they can, they're pals because they can help your soul rise to higher and higher levels of consciousness so that you can really exactly. be a, a participant for and the government you, of everything. Yeah. yeah, and then you talk about a cycle of, of care has been completed between the soul pals in these stories. Like there's Brownie mm-hmm. the Pelican, um, mm-hmm who was called and wanted to correct the situation of the oil spill, but died in the process, mm-hmm. and her baby, uh, the pelican, the other pelican, was very defiant mm-hmm. because the oil washed, tore, and harmed the fisherman. But then a pack of wolves took up the mm-hmm. cause and gave life yeah. a chance. United, and you're right, united we stand and divided we fall. So this yeah, is this is yeah. a spiritual concept. This is a a, yeah. a concept of energy of souls, and this is what mm-hmm. you're trying to show uh, with your book. So, what would you want readers to take away with them after reading your book? Yeah, um, uh, kind of what we're talking about. I would like them to take away that the nature the nature of of some of these pals, these these characters, these animals. It's their nature that we can learn from, and and it's that nature that can be our own second nature as we learn from them, um, as we can learn from them. So the example about the wolves—that is the way the way the wolves act—is they 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 live together, they act as a pack, they support each other, and so that's that's an example of how we also. It's time to awaken yeah. to the best of ourselves and to remember how we were as children, how free we yeah. were in nature, how loving we were, how everything brought delight to us. And I want to thank you, Andrew Michael Esquire, for sharing your book, Arising Stories of Soul Pals, to show us mm-hmm. how the quality of animals may help humans achieve a world of compassion and action and realize a globe of healthy, make it a global project of healthy people, animals, Mm -hmm. and all sentient beings, and a rejuvenated earth and all of its ecosystem. To read more about this unusual approach to understanding an upward spiral powered by playing with the soul pals, Go to Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discovered the pals you have met in the story and will continue to meet in your own life and in people form also and demonstrate how to apply the pal concept. Some pals you might like and others you may not. But in the end, what is important is you create or adopt pals that best work for you. 
the best basic formula for forming your pals is described this way. First, a problem or challenge is identified for an opportunity and for growth. Next, a pal for whom you already have a special feeling towards <clears throat> is chosen. Then this pal is applied to the problem by simply focusing on a picture of the pal and thinking about this being. Gradually, the repetition of this visual image, its associated word meaning and feelings, will help you bring this pal to mind and will liberate you from perhaps a negative thought that has limited your ability to lead your life as you desire and bring more positivity to you. Andrew writes on the cover of his book, Rising from the depths of the sea to the heights of the sky in altitude and attitude, finding deep perceptions, deep perceptions, to replenish the positive and diminish the negative. And this is the way. And this is the way forward for everything that needs to be done in the world at these during these challenging times. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our problems, as I said at the beginning, are not economic, political, or societal. They are just a disconnect from our soul and the wisdom and from other people that we need to connect to with loving and compassionate healing. I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, spiritual, scientific, legal, medical, educational, and music and arts. Explore the duality of life in its physical and energetic dimensions, helping us rise above the problems of the physical world for correction and to live more productive, successful, healthy, and joyful lives. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for listening.